Hello and welcome to our podcast, On Your Marks. My name is Peter and I am the leader of St Mark's Church in Jersey, a growing, friendly Anglican church in the centre of St Helier. We want to take the Bible apart and see what's really in there, going beyond the face value to dig a little deeper into certain topics. We will bring you fresh content every week and hope you get a lot out of listening. So, if you're ready, let's go. Hello, Ray. Hi. How nice to see you. Nice to see you. I'm sitting in your office. We're surrounded by commentaries and books and it's... And pictures. And pictures. And it's it's reasonably warm considering outside it's pretty cold now, isn't it? I've got a bit of a cold spell coming through. <laughs> yes, and I don't like it. <laughs> Um, and look, wherever you are listening to this from, um, whether this is the first time you're listening or you are a regular listener, a massive welcome from both of us. Um, this is the podcast on your marks. Um, today's episode is episode three of Influential People. So this is where um, over the years, really, Ray and I were chatting off air, really, and, and, you know, in recording podcasts over and over again, different people's names cropped up um, that have influenced Ray in his walk of faith and so that's what has inspired us to set a bit of time aside isn't it really Ray to yeah, talk about different yeah. people I, some of whom are people who I have known in my lifetime and we've mentioned them um, people like Corrie ten Boom and Andrew Van der Baal and, mm. and others um, others are people going back in history who have about whom there have been books written, um, biographies largely, and have impacted on me. Um, and most importantly, have made the people of God today what they are. Mm. Because the story of the people of God in the past impacts strongly on what the people of God can be today. And and it's highlighted usually through the life of an individual or individuals. Yeah. Um, which is why I thought, yeah, you know, as I talk to Christians today, I'm without being critical at all, um, but I am conscious that there is a lack of knowledge of how we've got to where we've got. Mm. Why are we the people of God that we are? And, you know... When you talk of things like the charismatic movement, now, who are the people behind that who have impacted on the life of the church today and make us what we are? So today's episode is going to be, we're going to break from sort of the routine yes. of what we were doing before. Well, we're going to break from continuity. Because we were kind of going chronological and a lot of yes. the names we covered in the last two episodes were very personal to you as a young a young boy to a young you know an adolescent to a teen and into college so yeah. very personal these people are actually you know predating you to two of them definitely in yeah, terms absolutely. of when they lived and okay interesting yeah and i mean let's take an example yeah who are we going to start with let's let's talk about george whitfield okay now that name probably won't mean a great deal to a great number of people it means nothing nothing to me but if I was to say um, uh, Charles Wesley, yeah, that might mean something. Yes, 
they were contemporary. They yeah. knew one another. Their approach theologically was um, slightly different. Um, Whitfield was uh, 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 was strongly Calvinistic. Um, Wesley, bless him, wasn't. And so you, but they were they worked together, and impacted on one another in a lot of ways. So w- when what century we're we talking about with we're George Whitfield? Then we're talking about the eighteenth century. Eighteenth century, and we're talking about the evangelical revival. And we're talking about the, that revival both in America and in Britain. So George Whitfield, was he British? George, he was British. Yeah. And he was an amazing, extraordinary man. He pioneered, first of all, um, against the odds and in the face of substantial opposition, um, preaching in the open air. Wow. It wasn't done in those days. It was... Deemed inappropriate. Gosh, I, I didn't even know that. I mean, I, I just assumed that would always have been the case. Jesus preached in the open air, so, gosh, but it obviously fell out no, no, of no, no, no. fashion. It was, it was un, inop, inappropriate. Inappropriate, wow. And, and he was frowned on by many, um, and yet he went where the people were. I mean, I could read a little section here. What, 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 what book have you actually got? Just so I've got a book called... George Whitfield and the Great Awakening. Right. Um, and, and this is another thread that runs through my particular interest and commitment, is those who have influenced awakenings or revivals. Yeah. George Whitfield is one such. Um, and he would go where the people were. And he went to Glasgow half the number of people who lived in the city came out to hear him. So I say that again. He went to Glasgow and half, half of the population, the population of Glasgow came to hear him. Good grief. <laughs> now, I oh, can't imagine that, can you? No. But, but that's how it was. And he went to Bristol. And Bristol, there was quite a bit of mining in the Bristol area. And he spoke to the miners. He stood on the little hill in this, on this Saturday, February the 17th, 17, <clears throat> sorry, 1739, he pitched his voice about a hundred yards to a group of colliers moving towards him. He called out, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall see the kingdom of heaven. The miners stopped and stared. A parson in a cassock, gown and, and, and preaching bands, holding a book and audible at a hundred yards. That young, astonishing, clear voice came again and he quoted a text and called them towards him. By now, quite a crowd had collected. Almost all were coal miners, the grime of the pits making them look like Indians indeed. George told a story which made them laugh. They had never heard a parson who cracked a joke in a sermon, but they had never heard a parson at all. One writer said had been exceedingly nervous lest they were lest they both be prosecuted under the under one of the laws of the land. It was unlawful to preach in the open air. Wow! And so his 
his accompanists were nervous about that. <laughs> the crowd grew until perhaps 200 were clustered around the mount. George Whitfield spoke of hell, black as a pit, of the certainty of judgment for evil done. He turned to talk about Jesus, who was a friend of publicans and sinners, and came not to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. He spoke of the cross and the love of God, and brushed tears from his eyes. On and on he went in dead silence, except for his own voice and the slight stirring of wind through the bare trees behind him. Suddenly he noticed pale streaks forming on grimy faces, on that of a young man on his right and an old bent miner on his left, and two scarred, depraved faces in front. More and more of them, Whitfield, still preaching, saw the white gutters made by their tears down their black cheeks. And he stood and he preached and hardened miners shed tears in response. And there was an amazing work of God as a result. And time and again in this book, we read of the impact of Whitfield. And then he travelled to America, was part of the revival there, and focused to a significant extent on ministry in, in America. Um, quite an extraordinary man mm. and an extraordinary book uh, written by John Pollock um, who was well known for writing biographies in, in 50 years ago I should think by now um, but he, he, he wrote, writes a good and readable book and I commend it That's, that story is profound isn't it yeah yeah. And um, how, how old would Whitfield have been I mean that's at that point, at that point, relatively young, um, yeah. you know, a young. If you think of a young Billy Graham or something like yeah. that, yeah, it's mad to think that one of the problems we have nowadays is young people and old people. We're surrounded and flooded with information, and yeah. so whether it's you know, you know, our phones are full of it. We're bombarded day in and day out with news and information and whatever, and. It's a, it's a distraction, it's a, it's a diluting of what is important, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And that's a huge problem. Um, yep. Yeah. We, and we don't understand what we've got, really. We don't appreciate what we've got. No, and I guess what, what I was thinking as you were just reading there is um, some, of the, some of the people who are quite influential, I guess, in social media today, some of, some of the people who have maybe become celebrity in Christian circles their faith or their parents' faith would have been influenced by people like this who we're talking about now. Absolutely. So almost the the guys we're talking about right now are the people behind the people. Yeah. You know? Wow. <laughs> what are you looking at now? Oh, no, I just... Ray, Ray's um, leafing through the book. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm enjoying it, but I mustn't get... Well do, you want, do you want to move on? Because that's a very brief highlight. But I think we should return to in another episode um, and talk more about individuals. We'll see how things go. But yeah, um, yeah, we can. We've got, I've got another name written down here, and yes. this is the, from the next century. And this is Hudson Taylor. Hudson Taylor, one of my heroes, um, from humble beginnings, um, 
frowned on by the establishment as so many of the saints were. And um, he had a call to go to China um, and nothing would stop him because God had called him. And it's, it's amazing what he achieved in a lifetime. Um, he was, he believed in identification with the local community. So he dressed as a Chinese. Wow. And um, traditional. Uh, and um, was immensely effective in communicating at a great cost. And this is another thing that impacts on me when I read these histories, um, that it, it cost them dear to go in answer to God's call on their lives. I think Hudson Taylor was outlived by most of his immediate family. That's the other way round, sorry. He, he, he outlived most of his contemporary family. Mm. Um, several died in China. Gosh. It, was, it was a tough life. Because he, uh, uh, a quick search I did, he spent 50 years in China. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just until the turn of the 20th century. Yeah. He was um, quite extraordinary. And he, here's a typical story that um, he was told. He told. He said, as they left their boats the first day and were going up the steep stone path made for pilgrims, little Gracie, his daughter, noticed a man making an idol. Oh, Papa, she said earnestly, he doesn't know about Jesus or he would never do it. Won't you tell him? <laughs> little Gracie was little about eight years Gracie. old. Gracie, oh, wow. And pleading with her father oh. to tell the Chinaman about Jesus. Her hand clasped in his, Mr. Taylor did so. The child following with eager interest. Farther on, they came to a shady place and sat down to rest. Grace's thoughts were still full of what had happened, and she seemed relieved when her father suggested that they should pray for the man they had been trying to help. We sang a hymn, he recalled, when every memory of, of her was precious. And then I said, will you pray first? She did so. And never and I heard such a prayer. She had seen the man making an idol. Her heart was full, and she was talking to God on his behalf. The dear child went on and on, pleading that God would have mercy on the poor Chinese, and would strengthen her father to preach to them. I never was so moved by any prayer. My heart was bowed before God. Words fail me to describe it. And now a week later, how dark the shadow that had fallen on that father's heart. Beloved brother, he wrote on the 15th of August, I know not how to write or how to refrain. I seem to be writing almost from the inner chamber of the King of Kings. Surely this is holy ground. I'm trying to pen a few lines by the couch on which my darling little Gracie lies dying. Her complaint is hydrocephalus. Dear brother, 
Our flesh and our heart fail, but God is the strength of our heart and our portion forever. Because no vain nor unintelligent act, when knowing this land, its people and its climate, I laid my wife and children with myself on the altar for this service. And he whom so worthily we much of, with much of weakness and failure, yet in simplicity and godly sincerity, we are and have been seeking to serve and not without some measure of success. He has not left us now. Now that typifies the degree of commitment and sacrifice in two contrasting recollections. They happen to be back to back in timing. Hmm. But a little girl pours out her heart in prayer for the Chinese idolater and then she dies and I find that as I said typifies the level of commitment of a man like Hudson Taylor I mean that must have been very fairly early on oh, relatively yes you know in his 50 years in yeah. China yeah. And he went on. He went on and on. And persevered. And probably strengthened by that, by his daughter. Yeah. I, I'm always inspired by the the, the faith of children, you yeah. know. Yeah. I feel sometimes ashamed by it, you know. the the uh, My children ask me to pray for them with the absolute belief that my prayer will heal them, make them feel better, make them not have bad dreams... And it's simple. Yeah. Trust, and they do. Yeah. I mean, in this account, even even Hudson Taylor himself would have walked past. Yeah. 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 Man. And what is the level of our commitment and our care and our spiritual response to those who are lost without Christ today? Yeah. Do we pass by on the other side? Or not, mm-hmm. and it, it shames me, and it's a, I find it deeply moving, mm. and inspiring, and inspiring, absolutely yeah, inspiring, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Wow, goodness me, these are that's a cracker. <laughs> that's hard to move on from, Ray, really, isn't yes. it? Yes. <laughs> um, who did we mention? We've then got, moving into the 20th century, Andrew Vanderbile. 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 Ah. Brother Andrew, known. Ah, okay. I never knew Brother Andrew's surname. Ah, well, there we go. There we go, Vanderbile. And, uh, who died very recently, this, yeah. this year. So just contextualise for everyone listening, Brother Andrew. Brother Andrew, yes, briefly. Um, who's was the author of God Smuggler, um, and known as God Smuggler, and um, who, uh, I remember he came to see us when we were in Manchester a long time ago, um, uh, and we, uh, we had, we, we lived in the top bit 
of a terraced house in Moss Side, um, and our landlady was downstairs. Um, but she did have the now defunct, or then defunct, um, sleeping quarters of her mother who died in the house. Oh. And she made quite a point of that. Um, so she made it available for Andrew. And she told everybody thereafter that all Brother Andrew slept in, <laughs> in Mother's bed. <laughs> um, which was slightly um, misleading. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but he, he came... There. We, we'd known him for some time and we had talked to him about possibly um, taking a move sideways and, set, and working with him largely setting up the Ministry of Open Doors in the UK. But, um, oh, right, so you had talked about leaving because Moss Side was your first... That was my first curacy. so... We had already gone through that. Yes. And, um, felt it wasn't right, persevered, got ordained in Manchester. Um, and um, But still had the strong commitment to... Um, involvement with Andrew and um, he was a he, he was an extraordinary man so he established Open Doors that's one of the, open doors. the most well known thing probably for what he did sorry that's probably today the, the the thing people would think of yes the first thing anyway that's the thing I think of yes yes um, he also though was a, a very close to a a sort of network of committed Christians, including Corrie. Right. Corrie Tumbo was a great friend of Andrew's. Yeah. Um, and she was... They, they cooperated with one another to some extent. Um, so, the, but his primary work was opening doors for the gospel and taking large quantities of scriptures behind the then iron curtain and as i'm talking about open doors i'm thinking we shouldn't assume that everyone knows what open doors is yes, as, open a, doors as an organization is a, a, a ministry that he established um, and the, the burden was to take scriptures um, where they were not readily available i.e in behind the iron curtain mm. um, and his prayer was, and if I get it right, God who made blind eyes to see, make seeing eyes blind. Yeah. So that they yeah. couldn't... And he would always leave a Bible in a relatively prominent place in a vehicle so that it wasn't by um, human means that he got them in. Yes, there were consumers, but um, but he was not hiding him properly and depending upon human means. Wow, I didn't know that bit. Because oh. I've heard many stories. Oh, I yeah. never knew he actually left one. And I've heard stories of, you know, maybe at checkpoints, boots being opened and them not seeing the fact that there's a yeah. hundred Bibles in the boot. But I never knew he actually used to leave one out. Used, used to be. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah, he was an extraordinary character, lovely man, mm. um, and um, was uh, 
a very effective communicator. Mm. And he has died recently. He's died this year. This year. I think it's this year, yes. But it, uh, uh, very full years. Yeah. How, how old was he? Yeah, I've just very quickly Googled it. And uh, so he was born in 1928 and died this year, yeah. Mm. So... Um, He'd be 94. Hmm. 94, yeah. wow. Yeah. Quite, a, quite a character. And you referenced God Smuggler, which is... Uh, That's the first the book he wrote. First book he wrote in the 60s. Yes, I should think. Yeah. And um, really focusing on the so-called smuggling, mm. which I, I think it was perhaps not the best title <laughs> because he didn't didn't really smuggle he, he took Bibles yes um, and he took a, a million Bibles to China at his first I think it was goodness me yeah. and wow. um, yeah he, um, but primarily started off in Europe and spread to a worldwide commitment what impacts you most about Brother Andrew, then? I think his total focus on his call from God. And he was just so committed to that. Yeah. And wouldn't be diverted. Um, so. That is inspirational, really, isn't it? Because... I think that's good. that is a challenge for today and moving into the future for young people with all the with so many distractions. Yeah. Hear a call from God. Stay focused. Because the reality is, I'm sure he had distractions as well. Yeah, of course, of course yeah. there were. But does you know? But that seems relevant today in the number of frequency and intensity of distractions through smart devices. But hear from God. Stick to your call. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's probably all we've got time for today. Yeah, fine. I just want to recap the three people, just because I, what I would, I'd encourage is um, anyone listening to to Google these guys, to to look into you know books they've written, their stories. So we've got George Whitfield um, from the 18th century, Hudson Taylor from the 19th, and Brother Andrew Munderbal from 20th. the 20th. So look into them. and yeah. I mean, they may seem random, but they're not. They are people of God who have had a pioneering impact on the life of the church and have changed the church forever. Yeah. Now, that changes us yeah. and begins to make us, as Christians, what we are. Now, mm. it's good that we understand the roots of that. Mm. The things I, I will take away... From those three people is George Whitfield, so bold, absolutely stand, stepping out, get, breaking the law, but he's reaching down to the the meek and the humble, the guys who, you know, mm. going down the coal mines, you know, for, oh, in yeah. this one story, you know, I'm sure there are many others, but being being bold and courageous, Hudson Taylor, I mean that story with his daughter, that's going to stay with me, mm. you know, following, he of course was following God's call, but having his daughter listening and, and after losing his family, persevering in that. 
and um, and with Brother Andrew, as we've just concluded yeah. with, yeah. Um, sticking to his call and yeah. just relentless, just not being diverted. Yeah. Yeah. Fabulous. Well, we'll have a chat in the in the next few days. We'll see what the next episode of Influential People brings. But thank you for your time. Not at all. Not at all. See you next time. We do hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share with your friends on social media. And please do get in touch with any suggestions or comments you may have. Thanks for listening and see you next time.